Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, this episode of the Patriots Report is brought to you by Bet Online. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Alright, LG, let's lead with this. Give me your initial reaction as to what happened at the end of the game against the Raiders. Uh my initial reaction is is, you know, they run they running the ball, trying to get into overtime. Ramon J broke the run. I'm I'm thinking that he's probably gonna go down or probably try to take a run out of it, or I don't know. But, I mean, he should have went down and took it into overtime. And and once I seen him pitch the ball back, that was – man, that that was bizarre to me. I was like, wait, mm-hmm. wait, what is going on? And it was like, wait, there's no way possible. And then I seen him throw it to Jacoby. I seen Jacoby try to throw it to Mac. And I'm like, man, if there was a play that they have been working on all season as the end of the game, as the end of the game play when you're down – five points or four points, so you need a touchdown or whatever it is, I'm 100% guaranteeing that they have a better design play than that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know what made them freestyle. Um, I don't know what made Ramondre toss the ball back to to Jacoby. I don't – I was baffled, man. It was, it, was, it was crazy to say the least. And I know that's not New England football. I know that's not Patriots football. You know, I know that they're going to play for overtime, going to overtime, win this game against the Raiders. I lost all takes on that because I just knew that they, I knew they were going to beat the Raiders. I didn't, I didn't know if it was going to be decisive or not, but I knew they were going to come out on top, and they should have, should have. They had ample opportunities to, you know. So it was unfortunate for them, man. I, I was, I was, I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I want to ask you specifically as a former player about the end of the game situation that we saw on Sunday. How much 
did you guys practice that sort of thing? Is there something in the playbook for a situation like that? Like I, I remember seeing watching during training camp and seeing situations where, look, we got to, we got to hustle and we don't have a timeout left. We got to kick field goal. We got to figure that out. What is the protocol for a player? Is there something in the playbook? How does that all, how does that all kind of shake out? There is something for the play in the playbook for a play or, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think you have to be a genius at this point and the level of football that they're playing that you should know what to do in that situation. You don't have to be a genius. You know that the game is tied. You know that the chances of you scoring a touchdown from that far out is highly, extremely highly unlikely. And regardless of how much you go over this situation, you know it. I know guys that have never played the game of football before that has told me, hey, man, why they ain't taking me and going to overtime? That's a good question. I can't answer that for you. But there are there are plays for the end of the game. If you're down, I'm, I'm, there are plays for that. Um, there's situational football for that. Bill, the, the Patriots, I mean, Bill in general, go over situational football ad nauseum. They do it so much so to where – if you get into a situation that we've went, we went over, it's second nature. You don't have to go and be like, okay, well, what are we going to do here? You go over it so much throughout the course of the season and training camp and, you know, throughout the days that it just comes – it becomes second nature. Um, again, I have no idea what he was thinking. But, yeah, they're, they're, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 100% positive that they went over end-of-game situations, take a knee. Like, I just don't know why Matty P didn't call him to take a knee. You put the ball in somebody else's – you put the ball – the worst thing that could have possibly happened on that play happened. You know, you go into it and you're like, okay, well, let's play for overtime. Okay, Maddie probably thinking in his head, maybe we could break one. Mm-hmm. The defense is relaxed. The defense ain't really on their toes. They're not, they're not playing full deep. I mean, shit, you could see – you could see when he handed the ball off, they was like, oh, shit, they running it. Mm-hmm. Ramon J. got what, 15, 20 yards? You know, so I'm, I can I can understand that, but at the same time, I just I just can't wrap my head around why you would do that in that situation. Why not take a knee? In my opinion, why not take a knee, take it to overtime, play defense, play offense, win the game there? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's extremely extremely odd. I've never seen anything like that before. Uh, the closest never. was the Miami Miracle in 2018 when the Dolphins kept lateraling it back and Kenyon Drake beat Gronk to the end zone at the end of the game as time ran out. But I, right. I have to imagine, and, and someone said this up here, that it was literally a defensive player's dream in, in Chandler Jones because you get a guy, yes. in, you've been chasing Mac Jones all game, you have the ball, and you get to stiff arm the quarterback. You get to literally run over the quarterback. You get to posterize Mac Jones right. in that situation. <laughs> I just, it, it was just, I... You you've been playing football your whole life. I've been watching football my whole life. I've never seen anything like that. Never once. Never once. That is that's still that was that was a that was crazy to me. And and I thought Mac would at least make the tackle. You know what I'm saying? It's like Chan just kind of big dogged him. You know, and, and and what way what what better way to go out of the game than to get a a, a fumble recovery thrown to you? I was not an interception, but it was a fumble recovery thrown to you. Mm-hmm. And the only person back there to stop you is the person that you've been trying to get to all day. 
<laughs> like how ironic. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the one person back there to stop me. I've been trying to get to you all day. Well, now you gotta stop. Now you gotta try to get to me. You know, so I can I can punish you on the way there. My dog ain't got no faster though. He old. Chandler got a little older, man. He's slow. He took him took him a <laughs> took a took a sundial to take out. They realized how slow he was running and how long it took him to get there, man. But Chan is a dog. He's always have been. And I'm so – I'm happy for him that he's having success. I'm just not happy that it was against New England. And poor Mac Jones was the guy left standing on the train tracks when the, you know, the 525 came, came rolling through the station right, like right. that. That was just – Freaking slayed out. <laughs> it did not look good. It looked like, no. And it looked like Chan tried to purposely drive his head into the – into the grass it was uh-huh. like it wasn't like a normal still form it was like a all the way to the ground still for us so it's that's for that's for all the defensive players that's for all the defensive players who had to take stiff arms over the years he finally got to deliver one to an offensive guy one of the things and on kind of a more serious note here one of the things that stood out for me after the game was jacoby myers in the locker room owning his mistake answering every question my my question for you in this instance is when something like that happens in New England, is there a certain protocol for players to follow? Is there someone who comes in? Is it Stacy? Is it Burge? And gives the players some sort of direction as to talk, not to talk, what to say? Does he have an option? How does that go down? Yeah, I mean, they're going to they're gonna definitely tell you. I haven't been a part of something like that, per se, but they they will they will steer you and direct you in the, in the direction Um some people are highly emotional, so they might tell them, hey, man, you know, you know what day the media comes in. Hey, wait till Monday or wait till Wednesday or wh- whatever day you guys come in that we get to talk to you. One of those days. Sure, I mean, you guys come in on Monday and Wednesday, actually, but some guys come in on Mondays, you know, whatever. They might tell you that, you know, depending on depending on the guy or they might if it's somebody that that um, able to, you know, handle that like Jacoby handled it. You know, they tell you, you know, hey, man, go talk control the narrative you tell them what you want them to hear and 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 what you want to say don't conform to what they want you to say or what they're telling you to say or what they're trying to bait you into saying you know if they continue to ask you you know hey man da 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 is da da you know and a lot of guys will you know some guys will fold under that pressure and they might say something like man yeah man the coach should never call that or they might say th- something like man yeah man Ramon Dresden never tossed that ball back uh, or whatever, you know. Jacoby is respectful, upstanding, man. He has his teammates back. I don't know a lot of people that wouldn't want to be on the team with a guy like that, take full responsibility for the play, even though it wasn't his fault that the play got started. And he could have been preventative. He could have, he could have, he could have stopped the stopped the bleeding um by just going down. But I mean, he's a young player. He panicked. You know what I'm saying? Oh snap. Why he threw me the ball? You know, and it's like, do I you know, and after it's done, now you now you know you think like, damn, I should have just went down. You know, so it's 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 tough, but yeah, Stacy and Stacy and Bears do a really really good job at at uh, trying to help you control the narrative of what you say and what what is being told and what is being put out there um, about you and about the you know about the team. And granted, you know, obviously they're looking at the best interests of the team. They don't want you to go out there and say, oh, well, Maddie shouldn't have called the run on the last play of the game. You don't want you to go say. Will Bill shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to tell you, hey, talk about yourself. Speak for you. Don't speak for Ramondre. Don't speak for Mac. Don't speak for Bill. Don't speak for Maddie. 
speak for yourself and control what you can control and tell, you know, say what you want to say and, and make sure you're okay with it being out in the media. Jacoby's built up a lot of credibility with his teammates over the last couple of years. In my experience, he's also a guy who, you know, has been accountable at least, you know, leading up to this game. How much of that weighs in his favor with, with teammates when he stands up and does something like that? Look, I, I know it's a bottom line league and talent is going to be what keeps you in the league. But if I'm one of Jacoby's teammates, I'm really impressed by what he did and the way he stood up. And I have more respect for him now, maybe than I did last week. Yeah, no, nah, 100%, man. He handled it in a professional manner. He took accountability. He took responsibility for, for what happened, even though, again, it wasn't all his fault. But, you know, he took responsibility as a man and as a teammate um, and as a leader, man. You know, he's looked upon as a leader on that locker room. And, and guys, even though he's young, he's proven himself so. You know, he's proven that he can be a leader. He's proven that he can lead by example. You know, so he he is he's one of those guys that these guys trust. He's one of the guys that the coaches and the you know in the organization trust. I, I have a lot of respect for Jacoby, man. I I hope that he gets past this and flourishes for the rest of this season and next season. I I like that kid a lot. You know, he 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 go out there and he plays his heart out. He does everything he can do to make sure he put us in the best position to win games. You know, so um, I feel bad, man. I just feel so horrible for him because it's like, man, damn. You know, he's not one of those kids that deserve to have that happen to him. But at the same time, it's just like, man, you know, football, you got to go down right there. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's a double edged sword. Yeah. It's a yeah. double edged sword. Uh, you weighed in on this on social media, and I want to kind of allow you the opportunity to expand on it a little bit. I, I was struck by the contrast between the way Jacoby and the New England media handled that situation in Gio Bernard and the Tampa Bay media handle that for those of you who haven't seen it there was a bit of a testy exchange between Gio Bernard and some of the Tampa Bay media following Tampa Bay's loss to Cincinnati over the weekend and and you kind of you you as a as a former player you talked a little bit about this on Twitter I want you to expand on that and and kind of give people a, a broader idea of how difficult it can be at times especially in a difficult situation to exchange words with the media Oh, uh, yeah, man. It's just, you know, obviously you're obligated. You're contractually obligated to talk to the media. Now, we understand that. Now, at what capacity? I don't know if that's in the contract. I don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to, I don't have to talk to you. You're the media, but I don't have to talk to you. You were just an asshole to me. I don't have to talk to you. You were extremely rude to me. But these other four or five people here, come on to my locker. Let's talk. You know what I'm saying? Be respectful in your approach. You've always been respectful. You know, um, Meredith, she's always been respectful. And then, you know, most people are pretty respectful when it comes when it comes to coming in the locker room. So obviously emotions are high. These guys just got their fucking asses beat. They're, you know, it it you got a they got a, a punt, you know, a, a punt that didn't work, fake punt, whatever it didn't work. And you know, now they're on your ass about it, you know, and I haven't been here all season understand that because I haven't been able to be here. It ain't because I was like, well, you know what? If this team, I'm not going to play until I want to play. It's because I've been hurt. So be a little remorseful. Have some understanding. Okay, this guy's been hurt. Oh, well, the reason we haven't talked to you is because you've been you've been hurt all season. You, we, we don't have any reason to talk to you or whatever he said. 
we don't have any reason to talk to you because you haven't done anything. And it's like, what? You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's really offending because you can look, I can look at you and be like, bro, what have you done? You know what I'm saying? Just like, just like freaking Sherman told Skip Bayless, bro. What have you done, bro? Mm-hmm. In my 24 years of life, I've accomplished more than you or whatever, you know? The player would be wrong to go on that kind of rant. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that media person wasn't held accountable for, you know, again, they didn't say anything like F you or anything like that, but it's yeah. a res- you know what respect is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, show some of that. You know what I'm saying? And and I, I I just didn't appreciate that approach because I haven't been approached like that before. And I fumbled twice in a the game. They have never, you know what I'm saying? And, and if I tell them, if I tell the media, look, I'll get y'all on Monday. It's all, or I'll get y'all on Wednesday. It's always like, all right, Garrett, we'll see you then, mm-hmm. man. Tough luck. Cool. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know if I've even account, encountered those those journalists or, or or not. But again, man, it's a respect thing. And then you and then you go throw it on Twitter and say, you know, um, whatever she said about you know his response or whatever. Yes, man, it's a yeah. I'm upset. I just got my ass beat. I'm upset. I I contributed. I contributed negatively to our ass whooping. You know, so I'm not happy. I I would rather go see my family and my kids rather than talk to you guys right now. But that's not a that's not a that's not a hit against you guys. That's not a knock against you guys. It's just like, bro, you guys will probably get a better interview from me after I went and t- talked to my family, my kids. Calm down. I can come to work the next day. Okay, whew, all right. I know I got to handle this. I know I got to talk to him. Get my thoughts together. Boom. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's what he was going to do, but I know at the time he wasn't ready to talk. And I think sometimes you got to respect that. Maybe go talk to another guy. Maybe go talk to this guy. You know what I'm saying? There's just so many other guys that have played and for all of them to hone in on the guy that made the obviously critical mistake. It sucks. You know what I'm saying? Granted, this is what we signed up for. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. This is what we signed up for. We, We signed up for this. This is... This so and you guys are doing your job. They're doing their job, as rightfully so. But doing it in a respectful manner. You've seen me after a bad game before. You, you, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I probably talked to you after a bad game before. Yeah, and you've been nothing but respectful, and I've been nothing but respectful. You know what I'm saying? So it goes a long way. Maybe next time, if she was respectful this time, maybe next time, whenever there is a mistake or whenever there is something wrong, or I fumble the, or he fumbles the ball twice in the game, or drop a game winning touchdown pass or something. Maybe that next time he'll be like, you know what? I'll talk to you because you, mm-hmm. you was respectful last time. So, yeah, I got you. I got you. No problem. I like what you keep hitting on the idea of respect. And, and I think it's a, it's a two-way street. It's it's it definitely is. a two-way street. It, the other thing I think that it's important for, for athletes to remember sometimes, we don't want to be there in that situation. It's, right. it's, it's awkward for us to be asking a lot of times for a lot of us, I don't want to say everyone, but a lot of us right, to ask that question. Yeah. It's awkward to be asking those questions in the worst possible moment. It, it right. really is. And look, most of us, we get it. We understand it. I, I always go back to the idea that Rodney Harrison told me once, he said, just think about this. It's like playing a football game and coming off the field. It's like being in a car crash. Your emotions are going, your adrenaline's going. Yep. And you have to step back for a second before you talk to reporters and say, all right, look, I got to come down from here to here and I got to take a deep breath and I got to go through the process and kind of, you know, do right. whatever I need to do to kind of calm down. So 
I, I think ultimately, like you said, it comes down to respect and it's respect on both yeah. sides. And I right. like the way Jacoby handled it. And I like the way the New, York, New England media handled it. The Tampa Bay yes, media. 100%. That was a little bit dicey. And again, I don't know the relationship. But see, they, have, but see, see, they should have, when I was there, they mm-hmm. had people that control that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But he had, I don't, I seen a guy towards the end of the clip or whatever that came and said, Okay, he's he's only answering questions or maybe I don't know what the guy said, but he was kind of I know you could tell he's from Tampa because he's kind of yeah. like okay, well he's answering now, so he's answering now, so just yeah. ask the questions or whatever. There's usually there's usually a person there that's that's like you know all right, pull you to the side, a geo, look they're gonna ask you these questions, mm-hmm. um, you know they're gonna ask about the, the punt, you know that they're gonna ask you know this that and the other, um, do what you got to do, but just restrain from. Anything outside of talking about yourself, you know, mm-hmm. don't say, oh, well, the snap was high and, you know, this guy did that or nope. I, I, whatever you're going to own up to. And then, you know, that's what, and, and that's what your media relations person should do. I mm-hmm. don't know where they were at. I don't know if they were with Tom. They might've been with Tom, yeah. you know, or they might've been with somebody else, but usually in a critical moment for, or usually in a, in a, a player that was in a critical moment of the game or a critical play in the game that um, that had a big impact, the media relations people are with those people because that's who you guys always usually want to talk to. Yeah, you know it's, it's, it, it, in situations like that in New England, that's where you would see Stacey James come in and in the background be yes. like, all right, guys, you got five questions, you know? And, yes. and he would pull the player off to the side and say, look, you got to talk about this. And again, hit on many of the same things that you just hit on. And then say, look, okay, five. And then he'd be so okay, last question, guys. And then and then that would be it. Have him out there. Yeah, that'll be yeah. it. You know, and that's it's not rude to you guys, but mm-hmm. you know, it's his job and they gotta you know, you guys gotta understand and understand that okay, well, we talked to him on Sunday. Well, we're gonna be back here on Monday or Wednesday, you know, we can get another hit mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. But yeah, man, that wasn't, you know, he was in a he was in a messed up situation and he had nobody there. Um, for the organization to have his back to pull him to the side and tell the reporters or whatever, hey man, can you guys give him a second? He, because I know I've done that before. I've been in the locker, I've been in the locker with my back turned, butt ass naked, and put my towel on. Yeah, yeah. Around and like, oh shit. I might be like, hey, y'all give me one second. Let me go take a shower real quick. Mm-hmm. Every single time I've done that, they've always been like, all right, go ahead. We'll see you in five minutes. LG, mm-hmm. we're gonna catch somebody else for right now. Yeah, no problem. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. That's a double-edged sword. I know that he was frustrated. I know that it sucked. You know, but you know, both of them, both of them, mm-hmm. in a respectful manner, could have handled it a different way. You know, the reporter could have, could have, the two reporters could have said something way more respectful, like, "Oh, all right, man, we we get it. We'll we're gonna we, can we catch you in five minutes or." Whatever, you know what I'm saying? And he could have been like, you know, instead of saying, well, you guys ain't want to talk to me all all year. Why you want to talk to me now? You, you know why they want to talk to you now. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah, yeah. we all know why they want to talk to you now. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's tough. And it's it, it's a bad situation and a bad look for for everyone involved. Again, I was just struck by how well Jacoby handled it. I, in, in the past, these sorts of just brutal late season losses can either galvanize a team and bring them together. The guys rally and, and kind of, you know, they, 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 they find support in each other and in the locker room, or they can just kind of shatter 
Is that a fair assessment? And if so, what do you think this team is going to do going forward? I think, um, I think from past experiences with New England, a loss like this would definitely, from the people that I played with, it would bring us closer. I wasn't around when they got that ass whooping by the Kansas City Chiefs that year, 42 to 14 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there, but I was there later on that season. And I continued, I, I continued to hear, you don't want to get your ass whooped like that again. You don't want that kind of loss again. So the guys that I had in my locker room rally. Mm-hmm. Let's get this shit together, bro. We're too good of a football team to be getting our ass beat by from anyone in this league. Out of any 31 teams, there's no team in this NFL that is 30-something points better than us whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? So guys kind of rallied to that. I think New England – I think this is a tough loss, man. um, These are some young players. They're young players, different backgrounds. You know what I'm saying? Some of them come from winning programs. Some of them come from losing programs. It depends if Bill has a – wired them to be able to take this kind of loss mm-hmm. right so if you can go if you can swallow that pill that tough pill it's a tough pill to swallow if you can swallow that pill get to work the next day and go look at this film and and realize what went wrong and fix it yeah they come out on the other side i mean they're a resilient team man they are they they're already doing better than what probably 80 or 90% of fans thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to go, I thought they were going to be 500 or better. You know, obviously that's probably not the case now. (laughs) But I, but I did because I had, I had um, faith in that process. I had faith in the players that they got. I had faith in what they do. Um, So regardless of what anybody says, it goes to Pac-Man or anybody you know, whoever, Asante, <laughs> whoever, regardless of what any of them say, the formula works. You can call it brainwashing. You can call it whatever you want. The formula works. There's nobody, there, there's, there haven't been a lot of people as successful as that program. Obviously, Tom left a couple years ago. It's a re- Everybody goes through a rebuild process, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to go find another Tom Brady. Face that fact. You're never going to find another him, you know? They can find a version of LeGarrette Blunt, you know, but they're not going to find another LG. You know, they can find a version of Jules. Not going to find another Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. Not going to find another drunk. You know, so all these pieces are missing. So everybody hate on the Patriots because they're not doing as well as, as years past. But what about all these other teams that was doing really well for a, a time and then had to start over from scratch to rebuild their shit? You know what I'm saying? That's it's just not a fair assessment because I'm like, damn, bro, for the teams that do start over and rebuild, if they were in the same position that the Patriots were in, they would be one of these teams that would be two and fourteen. New England always find a way to fight. They always find a way to be in the game. They always find a way to be there at the end. So I just give so much respect to Bill and that organization, regardless of what, how anybody else feels about them. That's just my personal opinion how I feel about them. What is what kind of role do the veterans play when it comes to a situation like this, when it comes to bouncing back from a loss like this? Captains, guys like McCourty, guys like David Andrews, I imagine they have a big voice when it comes to 
weeks after games like that one. Oh, yeah. Huge voice. Dev got to get in their ear. He's definitely got to get in those guys' ear. David got to get in those guys' ear. Slater is someone that everybody in the building listens to. If Slater was to tell everybody, hey, let's go to the team room, just the players, let's have a seat, I need to talk to you guys, everybody going to respect that as such. You know, Dev, if he does that, he everybody's going to respect it as such. They have to um, – at now, at this point, it's more than lead by example, right? They lead by example on, on the field, da-da-da, but now you got to be vocal. You got to be vocal. Tell these guys how you feel. Tell these guys what it takes to rebound from this. Tell these guys what what you what you feel like is the right way to respond to a loss like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, tell these guys. Your leaders got to step up, and your leaders got to step up. And I know it's not. I know they don't take responsibility for the way the team is played, but the leaders got to step up and make it well known that the level of play is unacceptable. We can we can, we can no longer feel sorry. We can no longer be, ah oh, man, dang, we had that one. Ah, uh, we're not good enough. We can no longer do that. We can't think that. You can't you can't approach it that way anymore. You got to put your fucking feet on the ground and grind, bro. It's about a grind. It's about grinding. You got to have that. You got to have that that lion's heart. That there's no way that I'm gonna go out here and lose this game. Mentally. Physically, whatever it is, you got to go out there and win this game at all costs. So, I mean, granted, my, my guy probably had a brain fart, you know, but but he knows. I, and I know immediately after that play, everyone involved in tossing that ball around knew right then and there, like, damn. You know, mm-hmm. but sometimes that that competitive edge, that competitive nature that sit right here, that, that little devil that sit right there, toss that ball back, man. Y'all got to win right now time that guy wins you know so they got to step up as leaders man and they, they got to be vocal and they got to tell them because this is something that i mean bill could say what he want to say but as a player i would listen i would listen to bill and the coaches but as a player you gain a you, you gain a lot more respect for a guy that comes in here and says hey bro this is unacceptable and this is not the kind of football that we play here and it's you know you got to have guys like Dev and, and Slater, those guys, to step up and say that. And I don't – there's not a doubt in my mind that I don't think that Dev and Slater would, would be the guys to step up and, and have that meeting for sure. All right, let's look forward. Patriots-Bengals in the, the couple minutes we have left this Saturday, Christmas Eve at Gillette Stadium. Tell me what happens and why. <sighs> I, do think the, I do think the Patriots make it a competitive game. I will say that. I think they'll make it in a competitive game. Uh, I think the Bengals edged them out. The Bengals offense is just too high powered. Mm-hmm. It's too. It's hard to stop for anyone. Uh, uh, recently, they've been clicking on all cylinders. All cylinders. There's nobody that has been able to stop them recently. You know, you know the recent weeks. Um, after they lost a couple games, you know, obviously everybody goes through the motions before they start going on that. Okay, now we're starting to take off again. You know, Bill's going to have a great game plan. He is. He always does. Um, it's going to be up to the guys to execute it. He's going to want to stop Jamar Chase. He's going to want to stop. Um, he's going to want to stop Jamar Chase. I don't know if Joe Mixon is going to be playing. He didn't play last week. But if he's back, man, I don't care how many yards he has. 
probably one of the biggest playmakers on their team. You got to stop him. You know, T. Higgins, that's another guy. He's underrated, really underrated because of Jamar. You got to stop him. He can take over a game as well. So, I mean, I'm looking at this game, man. I see I see the Bengals pulling it off, but uh, I see New England right there. I see I see them looking at this game as a statement game. Look, man, I know that was a that was a kind of fluky mistake we had against the Raiders. We're gonna really show you what kind of football team we have right now. I think I think they stay in there with them. I think they play well with them. I just don't think that they pull it off. Unfortunately, right. man. The Bengals are one of the strongest teams in the league right now. Yeah, Joe Burrows won nine straight in December and January. Nine yeah, in a row. Insane. That's insane. And Pac-Man, bro, listen, bro. Burrow, he better than Brady. Right now, in the first three years, there's no question that Brady was the better quarterback. Super Bowl tells you otherwise. The players that he had going into the Super Bowl tells you otherwise. The players that he had to use to win the Super Bowl tells you otherwise there are no superstars on that team versus this team you got two thousand yard receivers you got a thousand yard rusher you got you got joe burrow who's a first what was he number one or two pick yeah yeah so so granted you got all of these first round and second and third round guys that are that are obviously the best in college football at the time you put them all together because y'all suck so bad for so long that y'all had this many first-round draft picks to get all these guys together, and now y'all are a really good football team. But that doesn't that doesn't go all credit to Joe Burrow. Like he isn't the guy that just he's a great quarterback, one of the best in the league. But his year, third year, his first three years versus Tom Brady, first three years, the numbers don't lie. The wins tell the truth. The wins, the Super Bowl win, the Super Bowl MVP, all of that tell the truth, bro. Pac-Man, stop. I just seen you in Nashville now a couple weeks ago. Don't do that. <laughs> LG, have yourself a great Christmas, man. Take care, and we'll, we'll talk again next week. Chris, man. Thanks a lot, boss. Appreciate you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. One more reminder. This episode has been brought to you by Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as you continue to search for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.